0: Welcome to Kingdom News, where you'll hear how God is influencing our region locally and globally. See how the Bible is relevant to today's news and learn how you can be involved with local faith events. Now here's your host, Tony Bosserman. And greetings brothers and sisters in Christ. As I said at the beginning and end of yesterday's show, this is the final week of Kingdom News on KFIA Radio. And I'll give you more details at the end of the show. So while vocal and often violent, disaffected Hillary protesters may get a lot of media attention, there's a new Rasmussen poll that came out yesterday revealing that the silent majority of Americans, men and women who don't have time to protest 24 hours a day because they actually go to work to provide for their families, support Trump's temporary immigration ban from seven mostly Muslim countries in the Middle East and Africa. In fact, the new poll says that 57% of likely U.S. voters actually approve of the ban, while only 33% are opposed. Now, similarly... 56% 56% favor a temporary block on visas, prohibiting residents of Syria, Iraq, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen from entering the United States until the government approves its ability to screen for likely terrorists. And that said, uh, many legal scholars have asserted that Trump's immigration ban will stand up against constitutional tests. With GWU professor, excuse me, Jonathan Turley, saying that the ban cannot be viewed as a Muslim ban, given the fact that the vast majority of Muslims around the world are not affected by it, and of course, it's not just Muslims who live in the seven-country ban. This ban affects Christians, Yazidis, and secularists from these seven nations as well. So it cannot be said that this ban violates the biblical command against partiality. Let's put it this way. There are 49 Muslim-majority nations in the world. So this ban is affecting about one-seventh of these nations. So let's take a practical example. If there were three households out of 21 in your neighborhood, one-seventh, who had at one time or another had individuals in them, guilty of major violence, maybe rape or murder, would you be showing partiality in banning them from your annual annual neighborhood barbecue? Well, of course you wouldn't. That would be common sense, and it would be wisdom. And this is the way, again, that most Americans, 57%, are looking at this ban by the president. So, of course, we'll have to continue to monitor this and see where it leads and whether any of these tests might hold up as unconstitutional. The left, of course, is vowing and already bringing lawsuits against Donald Trump on this issue. And President Donald Trump has told the acting attorney general left over from the Obama administration, you're fired, much like he did on his reality show The Apprentice, her name, Sally Yates, and she refused to defend the president's immigration ban in court, instructing Justice Department attorneys not to fight for his executive order. So I want you to think about that and the fact that she works for the executive branch and, you know, he, uh, Mr. Trump, uh, allowing her to continue in her job, in her role until, of course, his pick for the Attorney general, uh, Jeff Sessions, is approved, and of course, if the Democrats had already done their job, which they should have in terms of approving him, you know he already would be there, and she wouldn't been in the hot water seat that she's in now, making this kind of decision so Of course, the ban applies to seven countries, and despite protests against the move. Trump supporters point out that other presidents have done the same thing. And this is true going back to World War 1 and 2 in which presidents made decisions banning visas to people from countries like Germany and some of the other countries of the you know axis powers that were fighting against us. So it's not without precedent. And again this Rasmussen poll that I just uh, shared with you, shows that 57% of likely U.S. voters favor this temporary ban, while only 33% oppose it. So, you know, the Apostle Paul dealt with leadership in the local church that would not carry out some of his directives. And he said this, For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, whose mouths must be stopped. And, of course, the word insubordinate here in the New King James Version of Titus 1, verses 10 and 11, means breaking rank. And this gal, Sally Yates, acting attorney general left over from the Obama administration, was breaking rank with the President of the United States. And so we have this precedent in the Bible. The Apostle Paul also wrote in First Thessalonians 5, verse 14, Warn those who are unruly. And of course, we have many of those, not only in government positions, you know, both Republicans and Democrats, but of course, throughout the country. Now, 1 Timothy 1 9, also the Apostle Paul writing, says, The law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and the insubordinate, those who break rank. And how about this strong statement from the Old Testament, 1 Samuel fifteen twenty three, the New uh, American Standard Bible, the NSAB translation, says, Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and insubordinate is as iniquity and idolatry. So that's right out of First Samuel fifteen twenty three, And so what she has done, you know, would be viewed that way, as rebellion. And according to your Bible, it's as sinful as witchcraft. So Romans uh, chapter 13 tells us that we should be subject to the authorities. And if she didn't agree with the president's decision, then she should have simply stepped down. And, of course, she could have done that at any point. But uh, she chose to stand up publicly against the President of the United States, who she works for, the Justice Department, of course, being part of the executive branch here in the United States. And, of course, uh, President Trump taking a lot of flack for his uh, Mexican wall policy. And, of course, one of the directives, one of the... Uh, executive orders that he signed last week, you know, goes ahead and empowers the building of that under a previous law that was passed, of course, over a decade ago. Now, the press has been ablaze with reports that Mexico is stonewalling against Trump's demands that they pay in one form or another for the wall. And some speculate that the wall will not be built at all. But research by... Uh, Various media indicates that not only will the wall be built, but that it has strong support among certain Mexican business interests, such as cement producer Cemex at CEMEX, who has been actively lobbying to ensure that Trump and his allies take office and begin construction. So according to the information published by the Global Cement Directory, CEMEX is the largest producer of cement in North America and does not have any American competitors of equal size. So it's one of Mexico's monopolists with a market share of 87%. Now, CEMEX is a major producer with plants and operations in over 50 countries worldwide. It has acquired a number of assets in the U.S., and with quarries both on both sides of the U.S.-Mexico border, it is positioned better than any other firm to act as the main supplier of raw materials for Trump's wall. So you heard right, they have quarries on both sides of the U.S.-Mexican border. And the logistical and economic nightmare of having to move cement further than 200 miles means that CEMEX is ideally positioned to be the primary supplier for Trump's wall. So while Trump has made the creation of American Jobs the central selling point of his presidency, he's also stated that the wall will help Mexico. And in the case of CMEX, well, it becomes clear how the wall will at least in part help Mexico. No matter which country pays for it, some of the funds are going to return to Mexican firms who help the United States with construction. And contracting with CMEX for the concrete used to build the wall is a win win situation for both CMEX and Trump. CMEX employs thousands of Americans in their U.S. operations. And by contracting with CMEX, Trump is able to deliver on his promise not just to benefit Mexico financially, but to also help ensure that American jobs are retained and possibly more created by CMEX as it ramps up operations to meet American textile demands for the wall. So that's a story you're not going to hear in the mainstream media. But it shows, again, that even certain uh, Mexican companies see a benefit in this whole thing. And, of course, benefits that uh, will help not only American workers, but Mexican workers as well. So there's lots more to talk about here. We're going to take a break, and when I come back, we're going to speak about uh, President Trump's announcement just less than an hour ago of his Supreme Court nominee. And it is an individual that uh, conservatives are going to be very happy with. We'll go into a little bit of his background, and, of course, we'll give you the biblical perspective on this decision as well. That's next on Kingdom News. Welcome back to Kingdom News. Of course, the big story of the hour is President Trump's announcement that he has tapped Judge Neil Gorsuch to fill the Supreme Court seat left by Justice Antonin Scalia. So he's a nominee who is in many ways similar to the man whose seat he hopes to fill. And Gorsuch, like Scalia, is a textualist and an originalist. That means he he believes judges should follow the text and the original meaning of the Constitution, kind of like Christians in going back to the original text and meaning of the Bible. So Judge Gorsuch has a record of standing up for religious liberty and is likely to meet with approval from conservatives hoping for a Scalia-like pick. He's an academic study, and he is from based on judicial philosophy and other factors, uh, put Gorsuch second among Trump's list of 21 for his Scalia-ness. His views on criminal law, including the death penalty, interstate commerce, and religious liberty, match much of Scalia's jurisprudence. And he's also 49 years old, which means he could be on the court for the next 30 years, and that would be a great thing in terms of conservative, is conservative influence and longevity. So he's a strict opponent of judicial activism, writing in a 2016 Law Review article that judges should be in the business of declaring what the law is using, the traditional tools of interpretation, rather than pronouncing the law as they might wish it to be in light of their own political views, which, of course, is what the left does in this country. So Gorsuch is currently on the Tenth Circuit of the U.S. Court of Appeals based in Denver, Colorado, and having previously clerked for Supreme Court Justices Byron White and Anthony Kennedy, well, he's got some experience, and he also was a high-ranking official in the George W. Bush Justice Department before his judicial appointment under the Republican president. On the Court of Appeals, Gorsuch ruled against the Obama administration in two major cases you may remember. A uh, hobby lobby versus Sibelius and Little Sisters of the Poor versus Burwell, both of which concerned Christian groups objecting to the Obamacare contraceptive mandate. and his positions were affirmed by the Supreme Court. So there are still a number of question marks over his conservative record. He has, for instance, never written an opinion on the constitutional right to an abortion. However some legal scholars say his 2009 book questioning laws allowing assisted suicide make parallels to the questions surrounding abortion and whether intentionally ending human life is wrong. So he's known for his uh, you know conversational writing style that makes him easy to follow on his opinions and of course also for using popular cultural references in explaining his views one notable Two thousand and twelve ruling on workplace injury liability included this gem. He said quote, "Haunted houses may be full of ghost goblins and guillotines, but it's their more prosaic features that pose the real danger. Tyler Hodges found out that when an evening shift working, the ticket booth ended with him plummeting down an elevator shaft. So he's married to Marie Louise Gorsuch and they have two teenage daughters. His mother is Anne Burford, and she was the first female administrator at the Environmental Protection Agency. So this is going to be applauded, of course, in conservative circles, and the Democrats have already said that they're going to fight the nomination. And, of course, your Bible says, "...you shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty." In righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. And you've heard me quote that of your regular listener. Uh, Several times people are always surprised that uh, the Bible says we shouldn't show partiality to the poor or the rich or mighty. Now decisions should be made by ethics. You know, what is most constructive for society? and of course uh, you shall appoint judges this is from Deuteronomy 16:18 and officers in all your gates which Yahweh your God gives you according to your tribes and they shall judge the people with just judgment so you know this man has a record of just judgment and it's why he was uh, one of the top individuals uh, to be decided upon by the Trump administration Jesus said, judge righteous judgment. And by his record, Mr. Gorsuch looks like he will do just that. Do you remember when Jesus said, you know, that uh, he was the son of God? And, of course, the Jews took up stones to stone him. This is in John chapter 10. And, of course, Jesus said, You're going to stone me because I call myself the Son of God, and yet your own judges are called gods. Well, he's quoting Psalm 82, where it says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. And the gods here is small g. It's the same word, Elohim, that we find throughout the Old Testament Uh, concerning Yahweh himself. And so the word God simply means mighty one, and that's why the Father is called the Almighty. He's the only one with that title throughout the Bible. But judges in Israel were called Elohim or gods. And in Psalm 82, he chides these individuals for not judging righteously. He says, how long will you judge unjustly? and show partiality to the wicked. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. So verse 6 says, I said, you are God. Again, Elohim, referring to the judges in Israel. And all of you are children of the Most High, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. So, of course, this subject of judgment is very important because these decisions that are made affect our entire society. Look at the 5-4 decision, redefining marriage. And, of course, that could be revisited at some point in the future. Roe versus Wade as well. And if some of these decisions could be reversed well, it would cause God to smile upon this nation and bless us even further. So these are things that we need to think about as a nation and as a people. They're very important to our future. And, of course, one of the reasons that many of you voted for Donald Trump was that he promised to fulfill uh, a campaign promise, which he has done now in choosing a true conservative an originalist, a person who believes the Constitution should be interpreted in light of what the Founding Fathers intended for this country and this nation. So this is a very important decision, and we should be praying that uh, he will be uh, go ahead and be approved. And, of course, the Democrats are going to fight this decision because they wanted a liberal on the court who would continue to you know, legislate from the bench and politicize every decision, especially uh, decisions favoring the LGBTQ community. And, of course, many other leftist uh, uh, perspectives. So this is good news for those of us who believe in Judeo-Christian ethics. Well, thanks for listening to another edition of Kingdom News. And as I said at the beginning of tonight's show, this is the final week of Kingdom News on KFIA Radio. It's been a great run of 6 years of enjoyed hosting Kingdom News and if you'd like to continue to hear the news from the biblical perspective, we'll tune in to The Nobody Knows show on 1380 AM on the dial. It's Sunday evenings a 2-hour show, a live summary of the week's news from the biblical perspective, and you can call in as well and make comments, ask questions or just say hello. That is Sunday evenings 9 to 11. And don't forget to pray, Thy kingdom come.